This is the Two Marketeers podcast, where hosts and marketing experts Sean Patrick and Lindsay Waugh seek to uncover what makes brands so powerful in how they impact modern society and culture. Hello. Hello. Welcome back from vacation. Ciao. Buongiorno. Come si dice? Come si dice vacation? Podcast. Pod what? Due marketiro. <laughs> It'll be due marketiri. You're so Italian now, Sean. Good job for you. I'm so Italian. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Is that how they say thank you? Thank no, that's how my father-in-law used to say thank you. Thank you. Take it easy. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say that to you now. Okay, take it easy. Yeah, take it easy. Take it easy. Welcome back, Sean. How are you? How was your trip? It was fantastic. Hmm. I can't believe how... I don't think I've ever come back from a trip so well-adjusted, so well-rested, so... You're not well-adjusted. Ready to... <laughs> It's relative, Lindsay. You are not well adjusted. It's relative. Oh, to before? Yeah. Oh, okay. Not to like other people. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode. Spicy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Anyways, yeah, it was wonderful. It's nice to be back. I actually uh, really didn't think about work, but I did think about the podcast in positive ways, partly because it kind oh. of exploded. But. Lindsay still doesn't believe yeah. it, so we'll, we'll no, talk I... about it when she adjusts. Yeah, but should you, should you tell people? Our right to dis... I think people are interested in this right to disconnect. That was our last episode of season two, published in June of 2022. And people are still downloading that baby. They want to know about... We should revisit that topic at some point. Well, we kind of are, because actually the lead-in into... My lead in today, this is my episode. We're trying something different. Mm, They're yes. all my episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just get to comment on the things that you're saying about life and That's culture. What you do anyways. So it's perfect. Uh, yeah. I mean, we left last season with taking advantage of this right to disconnect, which came out in June officially mm -hmm. and uh, dealing with how did we do disconnecting? Um, we did okay. Not good. Not well. <laughs> Like we took the time, I think it's the question of, okay, taking the time clearly is not the struggle. It's enjoying the time that you choose to take, right? So true. Just because you take the time, which is the first step, doesn't mean it's going to be great. Even me, when I took forced time off this summer, where I, you know, mm -hmm. this whole conversation started with being like, ah, I'm not going to let it bother me. Um, yeah. It bothered me. And, but I adjusted right. and what was really interesting was what I find for me is at the core of this sort of restlessness that happens is mm -hmm. about, it all comes down to money, right? Oh, okay. So, and I wish it didn't. And I'd love to say that I'm beyond that, but it is your livelihood. So as mm -hmm. a freelancer, contract worker, that sort of thing, um, and having had, you know, agency career, my own agency that merged with a bigger agency going off on my own again and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it sounds really wonderful and it sounds so like, how did you have the wherewithal to make that big decision? Um, mm -hmm. I, I will humbly say that every time I did start a business, it's because I had to. 
Yeah. Okay, so let's take that. I never... It wasn't a choice. It wasn't a... I mean, it was a choice. I don't want to say that. It was... But I was in a situation where I was forced to make a choice. And mm -hmm. I believe that there's... And, I, you know, I don't... I'm not discounting, you know, the bravery or the step I took, but... Right. I think we all fant... I think everybody kind of thinks, wow, when did you go out on your own? And there's that moment and you just broke free and everything was... You know what I mean? And you did it so right. It's, you know, we, we, we are a culture that loves storytelling mm. from the moment everything is great or from the standpoint right. of, yeah, it was really hard, but there's going to be a triumph in the end. So it's really hard when you, it's a big step. It is a big step. However, what I did notice is I was reading, I was reading a little bit and uh, formed Forbes did an article about, um, the three reasons the gig economy is hot. So for those of you who don't know, yeah. I don't know, the gig economy is truly freelance, right? It's just so funny. It right. seems like such a new thing, but I've been a freelancer on and off for the last 30 years. It's definitely prevalent now, but there are particular reasons why we think it's important to talk about it now because it's so prevalent. And you know mm -hmm. me and Lindsay like to get to the bottom of what, what are some of the key things, right? First of all, it's, there's a labor shortage. That's number one reason driving the prices up and the need. Um, there's technology. Technology is making it easier ease, and easier to work remotely and independently. Mm -hmm. And the third is inflation. And this is the one I hadn't really considered mm. or realized. People can't afford to live on their salaries. So a right. lot of side hustles are starting. And that was like, oh. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's a whole new conversation around, okay, so you have a full-time job that might be completely unrelated or, or in your, my cases, yeah, I do this for an agency, but I also starting to do stuff on the side because I need the money and I like what I do and yeah. I know I can be paid more or I'll be valued better or that sort of stuff. So that's what I realized is that's the feeding system right now. A mm -hmm. lot more people are freelancing, but they're not necessarily freelancers they don't identify as freelancers. Also, I feel like they're trying to balance between the money and the mental health aspect of it. So either I need to go out on my own because I need to make more money and I know that I can if I do that, or I need to go out on my own because I can no longer work under this type of a stressful environment. I've realized that I maybe necessarily don't have to. So what are my other options to give myself a little bit more balance between money and time? Yes. And another part of that, that kind of enables that decision to go, because I think everyone kind of feels that to some, I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. But then there's a passion yeah. aspect. So if you do get over that hump to say, I think I'm going to do this, it's because it, you identify that this is something I love to do and I, I don't get to do in my day to day. Mm -hmm. Or there's so many other things involved with my passion in a company environment that I'm not passionate about. Like, I don't want to do timesheets. I don't want to sit right. in meetings. I don't have to. I don't want to attend a town hall when I could be finishing something or I'm so deep in doing this research. I don't want to do a one-to-one -one or do someone's performance review or I want to be yes. able to spend my free time in culture, in real life thinking and gathering insights and just living and being so that the work that I do from a strategy perspective can be better because that free time has been spent doing things that elevate you versus doing things that drain you admin wise, as an example. Very true. Because what happens in what we do, 
and this is the core of it is if you're a freelancer who offers what I would call expertise, specifically say strategy or creative from a sort of conceptual standpoint, yep. you're paid an hourly rate, arguably. That's typically the market, right? You're paid an mm -hmm. hourly rate. It is based on what are people getting paid who do what I do. Right. Um, and that's called market-based. Um, it's not perfect. And it's actually, what, what it is good is it's good to kind of let you understand, well, am I as good as that person? But if, when we talk about starting a business, it's kind of like, well, you know, you do a business plan and you talk about your expenses and you talk about your overhead and you talk about yeah. your blah, 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 and your bad. And then you kind of go, okay, so a computer and an internet connection, um, some software. Uh, and my opinion. <laughs> Which is what? And my money. educated opinion. <laughs> my educated opinion. All to say, in the end, I believe that there's a real flaw in market pricing of an hourly expertise rate because mm. it assumes a few things. Now, I work with it. You, the whole point of this is how you make it work for you. Right. When I have a conversation and the first thing someone asks me is how much are you an hour? I cringe in that you're not going to like my answer <laughs> because I don't do a lot of big agency work. I choose right. not to. However, I charge big agency price seeing great value because I remember when I was a creative director way back in the day at a digital agency in the dot-com boom, I was being billed out at $350 an hour. Mm -hmm. I was not making $350. So that's where I started to learn to go like, wow. And what I noticed at that time is it allowed me to see how valued I was. So I was mm. not to be in any meetings I didn't absolutely have to be in. If I right. was to be in a meeting, it had to, you know, the only the right people had to be there. It had to have a very clear objective. It had to be very clear what I was there to do. And I was so young, but I look back and that's what helped me value that not I wasn't valuing myself there was a value placed upon my talent that I had very mm. little to do with mm -hmm. and that was and it was an external source that placed the value on your talent for you which could help you see the value in the work that you provide to clients yes. and it put the right amount of pressure of I'm not here to sit in a room and just listen right the client will not tolerate that because yeah. there's four other people who are being paid not as much to sit in the room and say nothing. Right. right. I think Lindsay can, <laughs> that still happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It still happens. <laughs> yeah. And I think strategy is a perfect example of talk about, I don't know that there's a freelance role, at least in our industry, that is more dependent on free thinking. I'm not saying thinking, free thinking, free thought mm. um, and an unconscious thought. And I will not compromise that. We talked about this last season when we talked about um, how, uh, what's it called? Where you're interrupted and it, it can, like when you're interrupted, oh, when yeah. your work, especially your thinking work is interrupted, it can take you up to 30 exactly. minutes for your brain to get back to where it was. Right. And it was about high performers. Mm -hmm. It was our collaboration episode. Mm -hmm. So when you say free thinking, what do you mean by free thinking? I mean that you can't associate directly the work you do with specific periods of time of thinking. 
Mm. And if you do or like so, I'm sitting at your desk, yes, as an example, right? Especially like I would say in Lindsay's work, especially at least I have the creative side where there's the production aspect. But when you're paid to think, and the output of your work is your thinking, if you think I work eight hours a day or I have three hours to work and sit at my computer for those three hours, it can become very exhausting because if you think that's the only time you're thinking about it, you're devaluing your value. Because mm -hmm. if you're good at what you do and you like what you do, you think about it all the time and to, mm -hmm. and to kind of stop creating those gates and to be okay with sometimes you're going to think more than what you're being paid for, but it's because you love what you're doing. Right. There's an interesting value of what's important to you. And it's like, I want a job where I'm paid to think. Mm -hmm. Great. There it is. If you're paid yeah. to think, imagine you're being paid while you're skiing down a hill, enjoying yourself. And if you <laughs> happen to have an idea, you don't even notice. It yeah. just it's one of those things too, where you can't make as a knowledge worker. So people who are paid to think knowledge worker, you can't sit down, say I'm sitting down at my desk for eight hours to think, and then I'm done with my work day. I think what I really had to learn at the beginning of becoming a consultant was that the discipline doesn't necessarily roll out that way. Like you could, like you said, Fair. you could be skiing for the day and sit down the next morning for an hour of research and write for two hours and get to where you needed to go versus 16 hours of forcing yourself to sit at the desk. Like you can't force yourself to think and get to the place that you need to go. It's not like, if I lay down every brick of this house, the house will get built and I do brick after brick and that's how it goes. I think knowledge workers are in a different type of environment to say, you need to be able to let go of the time. Of course, give yourself enough time to get a project done and you get the experience of knowing how much time that is, but let go of pieces of those time of those time slots or those chunks of time to say, if I go and do something else, it's not to say I'm not working. It's that type of permission that you give yourself that helps you elevate your work because you're having different experiences. Very true. And I think that's kind of at the core of it is remember that if you are a, what did you call it? Knowledge uh, worker, a knowledge worker. Mm -hmm. The problem with our industry is it's based on a labor or commodity model. And what that means yes. is any person with any average skill, it would take them this much time to do this and it would cost us this much. Therefore, mm -hmm. so it's real straight math, right? That's the problem with, I say it's the problem with this industry. Listen, it's law is the same thing. So it's more of just from our perspective, the flaw in it is that you're treated like a machine. You see yourself mm -hmm. as a machine. And yeah. when you, that machine cannot perform because you're human at the rate of what a true machine does, mm -hmm. it creates a lot of angst, a lot of bad energy and a lot of exhaustion. Yeah. Because you are paid to be productive and you are paid for your rate of productivity. And when you're a knowledge worker, that math doesn't work. Right. Because, and it's so, it's always so funny too, when you get into certain circumstances where it's like, okay, the budget is this amount. And so can I pay you the littlest amount to think as little as possible <laughs> and have someone who may be cheaper than you 
do the rest of the thinking and you're doing some sort of like massaging of that research into what the insights or strategy might be. And it's like, Oh, it's our job. It, it, does, <laughs> it doesn't actually work like that. Like you need to be, if you're an experienced senior consultant and you are producing that level of work, you need to be the one who's involved in the process. And of course you can bring in junior people to help you and do different things, but you need to have a certain amount of involvement because the way that the research and the puzzle pieces are put together in your brain aren't done with a minimal amount of time available, <laughs> you well, know? Yeah, the other thing to realize, and this has happened uh, in design a lot, um, is they do that same sort of equation, Lindsay, where it's like, mm -hmm. how do we pay you the minimum and then we'll pay someone cheaper to do the rest is you do the designs, they'll produce all the extra pieces. Here's the thing, who's paying for the knowledge transfer? So we're gonna ask yeah. you to do something and then we're gonna stop paying you. And then now there's gonna be a gap because you're accountable to make the stuff you did mm -hmm. easy for the person we're paying less to understand. Right. I remember one person I knew where they were like, uh, okay, so they cut my hour, they cut me from two days to this, and now they have a junior designer sitting with me and I'm supposed, they're supposed to watch what I'm doing. Right. So now the world is changing with this whole idea of intellectual property and, and the true talent and the acquired expertise that is changing. And I think we're seeing it is, listen, this has happened before where there's like droughts and there's floods of sort of, you know, freelance and not freelance. Where are we going to net out? I don't know, because what happens is you, you bring on these freelancers, they get very familiar with your business. And then what you can offer them is stability. And that's mm -hmm. where I can really relate was I'm never, I've always been risk averse when it comes to my job, which is why I say when I did start my own businesses, it kind of was a forced choice because I mm. always want, you know, have a family. I have a freelance spouse. It was always about, um, how do I know that we'll always be okay? And then you have right. kids and you have medical and you have all these <clears throat> things that you think are so valuable. So it, it, it's really around coming back to, if you're asking yourself the question, should I, shouldn't I, you're not far enough along because you're not, you're not asking the right question. Well, and the, que and the question I would ask, and I apologize to every company out there. <laughs> Ooh, get tech, get TikTok going. In advance, in advance, should I turn this on? Yeah. Ooh, I don't even know if I want to say it now that I've had to do this big preamble. Well, it's up to you. I mean, <laughs> the thing you should ask yourself about job security do you, how much job security do you think you have at the company that you work for? Yeah. If anything, over the last few years, I mean, you've seen that potentially there could be less job security in companies. And I will not tell you that consultant work is you're making your own choices and making your own hours. You're going to the beach and you're doing like whatever. And you're like going to the gym at 11 o'clock every day. Like, I won't tell you that you're completely in charge of your time because you do set your own schedule. It doesn't mean you don't have responsibility to your work, but I think it's a bit of an illusion that companies provide more job security than you providing your own path forward. Yeah. You really start to ask, have to ask yourself if you're in that situation going like, I don't know, are you happy? What do you value? 
And you have to recognize that we all value money. Okay, mm -hmm. great. Number one. Mm -hmm. And if you value time with family, time on my own, time away, the, and I'm not, I'm saying just time, but time is kind of the fundamental thing. Time to do this, mm -hmm. time to think, time to have the freedom to choose what I do with my time. You are, become accountable for all the decisions you make with your time and you need to be willing to accept that. And like, there's a lot of opportunities at companies where you can make your time work very well for you. So, but it's understanding again, like you said, what you value, do you love working at the company that you're working for? Are there ways in which you can make your time in that environment as valuable as possible? It's the exact same thing with consulting and being on your own. You have to make that time work for you in a way that fulfills what your values are and what your goals are because there's a dedication and a regimen to it because you're the one in charge of reaching your own values and you can't put the blame on anyone else. When you're on your own, it's like, oh, I'm actually the one who's not getting off my tush and doing this. I'm the one who's not designing my day so that I can make these things happen. So there's a lot of ownership that comes with that opportunity and responsibility for yourself. Absolutely, and I think it, it leans into the idea of by virtue of being a freelancer, you become a business owner. A hundred percent. I mean, to be quite transparent, the way I work now, I just started with a new client yesterday, big client actually. Congratulations. Um, and the conversation came around, so how do you charge? And I said, well, I mean, typically I charge by project. And mm -hmm. when they, we'd, we'd had the brief, but you know, first thing they said, which I highly respected, the budget's this. Thank you. Because if you're not talking about money very quickly, if you're not comfortable talking about money, you need to adjust. And without emotion. It's not an attack on your value. It's yeah. how it's how projects roll out. Like money is a key aspect of all of this. I always use the dating anal analogy. Listen, I want kids. You don't want kids. I think we need to uh, save ourselves the cost of a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not cheap these days. That's they for are sure. <laughs> not cheap. So with all that, you're talking to two freelancers. Uh, it has struggles. Clearly, we, we wouldn't be able to do this. I don't think if we, we wouldn't have gotten to where we are with this podcast if we didn't have that sort of, we are accountable. We are accountable to each other. We are accountable to ourselves. We're accountable to, mm -hmm. and we agree on what's the bare minimum we can manage and, and make sure we do the best we can and something we're proud of. And that's what, that's what it is. What I would say from a sort of advice standpoint is um, it is a business. There are different ways to model your business. And the most common way is hourly rate, right? You start with hourly mm -hmm. rate combined with say goals. How much do you need to make? And mm -hmm. that's a real struggle because you have to be honest with yourself, right? Well, Lindsay makes 250. How, I'm going to charge 250. It's like, well, are you as good as Lindsay? It's a tough conversation, but are you as good as Lindsay? Um, yes, you have you? to have those inner conversations. And, and Tim Williams, I don't know if he said it, but he quoted it. And it says something you'll only ever make what you think you're worth. Yeah, I love that. And that's like, there's some inside talk that has to happen there. Because mm -hmm. we tend to be like, I'm not paid enough. I'm doing too much. I got a promotion, but no, blah, blah, I'm doing three jobs. And you just look at that person and say, well, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hate to be the one to say it, but why are you doing it? Right. 
Uh, and I think, you know, but so you've got your different models. You've got uh, what I do now is you have value-based pricing. I just want to talk a little bit about mm -hmm. that. And that's like we were Please talking do. about. What is the value of this project, whether it takes me 10 hours or it takes 20 hours? And as you get better, here's the other thing. If you're paid hourly at a rate, you get better at it. And what happens when you get better at something, Lindsay? Oh, she's drinking. <laughs> she's always drinking. Um, efficiency. And efficiency. So you're doing it faster and better. And you're getting better and faster. So you're making less. No, <laughs> but that's when you, no, when you come into, that's when you come into hourly rates. So if I charge 150 an hour and I, in a year's time, do enough work that I get twice as fast, which that's not crazy is based on that sort of how many hours, because what often happens is this is what you have to be careful is they don't talk about money. They talk about hourly rate. Then the math becomes about your hours. Like Lindsay said, how do we pay you as what they'll say is how do we, we just need you for 10 hours. So as soon mm -hmm. as it becomes hours is the currency, just be aware and you can mm -hmm. make it work. Here's where there's a little bit of non-transparency. If someone wants to pay by rate, that's the economy. Don't work yourself out of the market. Just be like, okay, you pay 75. I'm 75 an hour. They don't need to know how long. And they say, well, I have 10 hours. Great. I'm going to do it in five and I'm going to charge you what you expect me to charge you. So as a freelancer, don't be pinned down. Right. And mm -hmm. you, you got to take work as it comes. Just don't get stuck on things like that. If in the end they say like, oh my God, I love this project. This would be great. I would do it in like mm -hmm. 20 hours, blah, blah, blah. What I do try and do is talk to the client. If you think it's open to say, Listen, yeah. I tend to like to say this. Yes, I'm not much an hour. Let's put a cap on it. Um, mm -hmm. But what I found is when you can get over that, you totally do have ownership of your work. You totally right. do control. Okay, so what are the steps? How do you work? <clears throat> How do you like to do it? And in the end, if I've, and it hasn't happened a long time because I learned, um, if it really keeps talking about your hours and your rate, I think mm -hmm. you need to identify that and move on. And at that point too, it's also about a scoping exercise and expectation <clears throat> setting to say, okay, Fair. no problem. Should you have this amount of hours available? Here's what you can expect for that amount of time. So mm -hmm. you can also say you're not getting the full project for that amount of time, but I can do this, this, and this for that amount of time. And here's what you can expect. And also, you know what that piece of the project would be valued at. Yes. So again, if you can do that piece of the project for less time, but you know, for instance, what a competitive audit, that chunk of time would be valued at, you still charge what the market value of that piece of the project is, regardless of how much time it takes you to do it. Because as I say, as a lot of people say, I think this is a, a quote someone has said at one point is that it takes 20 hours and 15 years of experience. So yes. when you're valuing yourself properly, you're actually paying for 20 hours and 15 years of experience as opposed to 20 hours. That's where seniority comes in. That's where experience comes in and where you can actually start to provide a lot of value to your clients by bringing your expertise over the years and not just an hourly rate. Right. Think of yourself as an asset, a knowledge-based mm -hmm. asset that improves with investment and time exactly. and expertise. And it's not about filling your time with work. It's about keeping your time open for good work. Right.
Right. Right. Is I've done that where I, okay, well, I need the money. So I take these jobs that are like a lot of work. Hey, I don't have any issue with working hard, but then all of a sudden I can't take a great job because I've been committed to this three month contract. That's killing me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, I think in the core is, Hey, there's lots of ways to do things. The wisdom we can impart is if you're a freelancer, it is up to you to define your value. It's very hard for us to define our own value. Therefore, value what it is you provide. Value your service, value it based on the benefit it provides. And if, if that's a hard thing for you to do to find out, then you might have to revisit, you know, how you mm-hmm. offer it, what you offer. So mm-hmm. I am now back at it after a quiet summer. Things have ramped up. I'm very happy. I price almost exclusively by project. Mm-hmm. And that gives me the freedom because it says, if I want to go over on time, that's up to me. And all I'm doing is building my value. And I'm also very transparent, but typically I end up making much higher margin. I make a lot more because the pressure is off and I'm not sitting at my desk for eight hours. I'm like, okay, so I got a week, I priced it at this. I'm going to have to say, okay, once once I put more than 20 hours of effort, I need to ask myself, is this effort merely for getting paid? And the majority of the time is no. It's because I'm learning. It's because I'm going to use this. And I'm on a roll, baby. I'm yeah. on a roll. And it takes the pressure off because we are humans. We are not commodities. We are not labor based. And we have to see that. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. So with that, the hour's up and I have to pay Lindsay. So uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you were paying me. I know. I can't afford you. <laughs> I should pay you. I can't afford you. We can't afford each other. I know. Just so just two give us work. consultants talking to each other who can't afford each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's We're how much this podcast is worth. <laughs> there you go. It's been awesome, great. Sean. Some great advice. I think this is, and it's an ongoing topic. You know, your value, your evaluation of your value, everything changes and evolves over time. And so it's value something interesting to. Yeah, something interesting to pay attention to within yourself, within the market, within the industry, um, and be bold enough to get paid what you're worth. Yeah. And before you before you seek the freedom, be clear on where you want that freedom to happen. Boom. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> Personally, we talk about this topic all the time. All the time. That's why we charge so much. <laughs> I have also discussed this topic with many people wanting to go freelance, many people who are freelance, many people who are just trying to explore the worth and value of projects in today's industry. So happy to discuss if anyone needs help, just reach out to us. Yeah. Shoot us an email at hello at the two marketeers.ca. Yeah. Yeah. We even have friends who just started companies that are about valuing talent, aren't they? Exactly. It's happening. It's a thing. It's exciting. It is exciting. So I'm going to go value myself and we'll talk in two weeks. Please do. Welcome back from vacation and get back at it. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Have a great week. Bye, Marketeers. Thanks for listening to the Two Marketeers podcast. New episodes launch every two weeks. Find the Two Marketeers podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you like to listen. And be sure to rate and subscribe. Listen on our website, thetwomarketeers.ca, or you can ask Alexa to play the Two Marketeers podcast. 
Want to keep in touch? Follow the Two Marketeers on LinkedIn or at Two Marketeers on TikTok. We've always got something to share. This podcast is over.